Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. What counts in life is not the mere fact that we have lived. It is what difference we've made to the lives of others that will determine the significance of the life we lead. And that's a quote by Nelson Mandela. So welcome again to The Profitable Photographer. You probably know that I love doing this show. I love digging deep and sharing things I've learned over the years as a photographer in my solo episodes that I've learned as a human seeking wisdom and growth, a teacher, a coach, all, you know, everything I can squeeze out of my brain and share with you. I also love meeting new people and having great conversations where I get to learn from them. And then almost every time I make a new friend. And I especially love sharing my friends and my mentors with you, people that I have loved and learned from and known over the years. And today, one of my guests is just that person. So before I get started, I just want to remind you to like and leave a comment and share on iTunes if you're enjoying this show and um, go to lucydumascoaching.com, Lucy with an I, if you want to know anything about what I'm up to or my coaching and all that good stuff. Okie doke. So Judy Host. I don't know where to start. I first met her when she was teaching a class on children's photography to a luncheon in California that was called California Women in Photography. And that was when women were just starting to kind of get involved in the profession, maybe 10%. Women were a part of the the California professional organization, and it was so lovely to have her sharing her love for children and how she, with simple, like she didn't have this ginormous studio. She set up the most perfect, beautiful studio and did the most tender photographs of kids. And I was like, I I need to know her. And luckily, (laughs) we've been able to hang out and take classes together. And I've gone to her classes. Um, she said she started in 27 years. Is that right, Judy? That is correct. 27 yes. years ago, I started my business. So she started teaching and that's something I want to ask her about, but she started teaching very early in her career. Um, she also taught me how to switch from using uh film projectors to digital projectors. And I owe her a lot with that. And I just thanked her. So (laughs) anyway, I'm rambling. Let me tell you about Judy. She's a master photographer and a craftsman. She's won so many top awards. It would take the whole hour to share, but some of the most prestigious are her Kodak gallery awards, which are given to photographers who excel in creativity and pursue excellence and quality. So she's been a speaker for 25 years plus, in addition to her business as a portrait photographer. She uh, is a Sigma Pro for the Sigma Corporation. So uh, are, are you still, once we have conventions again, will you be hanging out in their booth sometimes and giving classes sponsored by them? Um, no, uh, my contract ended uh, right during the pandemic Ah. and then they changed their whole program. So I elected not to be a part of that. Which I know because you're someone that's always growing and doing new things that opens up other opportunities that you've been doing that I know about. Um, One of her current passions is photographing dancers and teaching workshops on this, which I happened to attend one and it was incredible. Um, Her clients include Style Magazine, InStyle Magazine, Warner Brothers, Hollywood Foreign Press, Sigma, 
Modern Luxury Magazine, and many, many more. So <laughs> welcome, Judy. Thank you. I'm just laughing because I'm just like sharing as much as I know, but that's just like a little drop in the ocean of your career so far. So Judy, I'd love to hear a little bit about where you come from, uh, how you got into photography. I know you from once you were already uh, doing amazing work and growing your business, but you know, let's, let's page back some. Okay. How did I get started? Um, boy, that is a long story, but uh, I'll make it very quick and simple. Uh, photography is something that I have always loved and have always wanted to be able to do professionally. I took a segue into um, getting a degree in speech communications mm. and then spent many years in the corporate world and really hated it. Um, but I did it anyway for about 20 years. But photography was something that had always kind of... Um, had, I had a passion for it. So I uh, finished a large project uh, in my corporate job, and then I left it and sold everything and started my photography business with pretty much nothing. But it was something that I knew that I could do. It was something I always wanted to do. And I was at a stage in my life where it was time for me to, to follow my passion. So I did. Mm. And am I right that you started by being a children's portrait specialist or was there something? I, yes. No, I, I started uh, photographing children when I was in high school. Um, it, it was just a very intuitive thing for me to do. I don't have children of my own. And so um, it, it was so much fun for me to really play with other people's children. And so I did that probably for close to 20 years, photographing uh, fam children and fa doing family portraits and photographing babies. And it was a wonderful, wonderful way to make a living. I loved every minute of it. But I reached a point, as you will appreciate, yes. um, where the body just says, you know what, this is getting more difficult and more difficult for you to do so. Um, I reached that level where I decided it was time for me to find another aspect of photography that I could become involved in. So even though you were teaching, one of the things I love about the arc of your career is that you managed to balance running your business and sharing your wisdom and experience and encouragement with others. I I couldn't figure out how I could do a lot of teaching and keep my business running. Um, can you tell me about what that's been like or how you fit that in or? Um, I'm going to say time management would be my answer to that. And that comes from my corporate training. You know, I was mm. in the banking industry for 20 years running very large projects. So I discovered my skill set of uh, being very organized. And mm. so in, my, in creating and building my photography business, everything that I had done for 20 years applied, you know, including uh, the accounting and shipping and receiving. And you know, 90% ah. of your time is spent building a business and 5% of your time is creating your product, which is mm -hmm. you know, our photography. But teaching, teaching was something that was also very intuitive for me and something I discovered that skill in the corporate world. So I tried to incorporate everything that I loved doing together so that I could run a business and still do the teaching that I loved so much. Mm -hmm. Did you do, have you done the week-long classes with places like West Coast School? I can't remember. I have. Yes. Um, I've done many of them um, all over the United States. And I think in the beginning, that that was the goal, especially when you're sponsored. When you have a sponsor like Sigma, um, that's what they want from you. They want you out there and, you know, in all the conventions and teaching. But 
I also found for me that the week-long schools were very taxing for me energy-wise. And so I decided a couple years ago um, that I really would prefer not to do those anymore, mm -hmm. um, especially with the change in our industry and the lack of funds. It, it became, you know, I go back to time management. You know, as you get older, your time becomes more important to you. Mm -hmm. So I decided then that I would prefer to do smaller classes for less time. So I have a workshop coming up here in Atlanta. I've got uh, five students, which is all I wanted. Um, and it's, you know, it's two days. Mm. And in two days, because I am organized, um, I can accomplish what I need to or mm -hmm. want to uh, as far as sharing with my students who are all professional photographers, um, how to do what I do. I love that idea. You've got my brain working, Judy. <laughs> <laughs> Because I do now, we haven't talked uh, in depth. We haven't seen each other in two years. Uh, last yeah. time I saw you, I was taking your your one day workshop on da the dancers, and right. that, that was probably two years ago, maybe. Yeah. So you may not know that I'm I've done that transition to pretty much full time coaching as well as this podcast over the last two years. Oh, that's awesome. I love and, that. And yet the one-on-one, -on -one, there's only so much of me to go around one-on-one. Right. -on -one. Like 10 is is a lot, uh, yes. 10 a month. And so I love the idea of, um, so stay tuned everybody because my little brain is working. <laughs> that, oh, yeah. A two-day workshop, uh, is probably in the works. I mean, I've had it as a little thought, but thank you for, thank oh, you're you welcome. for yeah. pointing that out. So how do you, cause I, and this is a topic I've never talked about. So, um, you know, in the, in the podcast, how does teaching help you as a businesswoman? Like how has that over the years that you, you taught at the same time as you were running and growing a very successful uh, portrait business, like oh, oh gosh, in so many ways. I I think what happens to a lot of us when we're running a business um, and and have trying to have a life at the same time, we we end up in a bubble, um, and I don't think that's healthy. At least it's not healthy for me. So I. I learn so much um, from the students that I come in contact with that it helps me to grow. Uh, I need to get out there and, and go to other classes. I take classes um, and go to the conventions and see what new products are out there or new software or just some inspiration, some new ideas. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's an even 50-50 for me because I'm sharing what I know, what I've learned over the years. And I get back from my students what's going on today. Mm -hmm. So it keeps me relevant. So right. I, I think it's extremely important for the growth of my business and to continue to want to do what I do and share and sell uh, my work um, to get out there and network and to meet people and just mm -hmm. to be a part of, you know, our entire industry. That makes so much sense. And it makes me want to go back and live my life over again and <laughs> figure out how to, <laughs> I, I, I taught, I used to teach children's photography um, around the state and a couple of like Florida, Mexico. Um, but I found as a single person, most of my life balancing that uh, was a challenge. I was Judy, I was the editor of my high school yearbook uh -huh. before, before I didn't do any photography other than my point and shoot uh, camera, you know, one roll of film every six months or year. <laughs> because yeah. of the co cost but um sure. in the yearbook we put poems and quotes and things in front of each section mm -hmm. and the one that I loved that we used on the teacher page 
was a poem that starts out each year I learn more than I teach. Yes. So I love that you said that. Well, and there's another one that I love. It says to teach is to touch a life forever. Mm -hmm. And I, I, it gives me goosebumps every time I say that because I know as do you, when you are teaching and you've reached one person, I mean, that's the goal is just to change or reach out to one person and give them that aha moment makes everything that you do so worthwhile. Mm -hmm. Especially for sensitives, which I am guessing you fit that (laughs) quite well, um, where other people's joy and success, do you feel it as if it's your own? I, oh, that's a good question. Um, I, I don't know if I feel it as it's my own, but there's a sense of pride mm-hmm. if I am a part of that or directed it in somehow. Um, it, it just makes me feel good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the example, which I alluded to at the beginning, and I told Judy before we start recording, when the world was turning digital, I was terrified. Uh, the The technology, the Photoshop, all of that uh, was overwhelming. And at the same time, I did not see the quality in most people's digital images that I was getting from film. And uh, changing to a digital projector from from the we used to get these slide proofs I I was just like lost in how I would do that and happened to take a class with Judy I can't remember uh long time yeah can't quite remember what the occasion was for that it was a small like maybe in our women's photography group in San Diego or something and she illustrated how she uses iPhoto and I was like, I could do that. I could do that. And because of that, I was able to make the transition, figure out how to put in my own secret sauce in the sales. And now Judy, that's one of the core of my teachings. That's my superpower is how to sell in person. So you, you gave me a little leg up or hand up to a new level and the amount of people you've impacted worldwide because I've had clients in Australia and Canada and New Zealand um you know I just love that about about teaching so absolutely you've impacted and and truthfully I still use iPhoto because there's a few things that it does easier than some of the other programs um but Apple has been changing it to where it's taking away some of those. So I don't yeah. know what I do now. So I love that you recommend, um, I'm assuming if people have a calling to it, to teach as you're learning, that you don't uh, have to be already making a million dollars a year to help someone learn something. Can, oh, can you... absolutely not. Mm-mm. Yeah. I also notice, and tell me if this is true, a a lot of the photographers that take time to teach, especially if it's a day or a couple days or a week, um, their level of creativity seems to be enhanced, perhaps because you you get models, you come up with ideas, like you're doing kind of personal work while you're teaching. Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I do. Um, I think, I I think I would translate that to energy and, and say that when you're around people that are excited about what they're doing and they want to learn, um, that, positive energy kind of passes on it does to me it passes Mm. on to me and then my level of excitement and inspiration is like reborn and Mm -hmm. then coming up with different things um 
to do in class constantly uh, is it, it, it's like playing. It's like having a play date. Um, yeah. As a sponsored photographer, I had to constantly come up with new ideas and and different setups because I worked for a lens company and they were constantly coming out with new lenses, which then I would have to test um, and then show other photographers what you can do with those lenses. So in order to make all that happen, there was a constant uh, setting up different shots, whether it be in the studio or outside using natural light, it, it was just ongoing. And so I think you, you get into the habit of, okay, well, I've done this now. Now I have to move on to the next. Right. Um, and so it's never ending, but mm -hmm. I love what I do. And so for me, that joy is just passed on daily. I, I wake up happy. I can't wait to do whatever it is I'm supposed to be doing. Mm. I love that. I wake up happy just that, um, I don't know. I just wake up happy these days. Yeah. <laughs> there's something about the quietness of the COVID world that has me uh, slowing down and not feeling guilty about it in some ways and not sure. thinking I have to run around so much. Yeah, um, I understand it, that. And also I, I love to teach, <laughs> but yeah. the thought of getting on planes and flying all over the place to do that has always been a little like, Oh, that's a lot. Um, so with, with Zoom, I've been able to teach workshops around the country and in Canada and different things. Right. And, and so for me, you know, I've made a little bit of uh, what is it, lemonade out of the lemons of this. Um, oh, sure. I mean, I just took a class from a photographer that's in Russia. Oh, it was so wonderful. Cool. Yeah. So just him and myself. <laughs> that and I learned a lot. So yeah. yeah, Zoom has really changed our world as far as being able to reach out and still do classes and you know half the world. This is what I I've learned, Lucy. When I traveled with my husband, we went to Dubai, and he was teaching Photoshop. And what we learned over there and have learned since is that you know we take a, a I think that we take advantage of the fact that we have wonderful photographers and up-to-date software and up-to-date hardware, but the rest of the world doesn't. Mm. They're behind us. And so it's a beautiful thing to be able to share what we do now with the world mm -hmm. and to bringing them uh, up to speed, so to speak. And, and that's not true in every case, but I, I'm talking, you know, in a very um, global sense. Right. And um, as I mentioned, changed our world, as I mentioned um, to you before we started, this show is being listened to in 77 countries. And when I look on the map, I'm just astounded. So, hey, shout out to everyone in yes, Colombia and Dubai and, yeah. uh, you know, worldwide. Um, it's also sad to me that that Russia and China no, it's dark. There's yeah. no, they can't. And, um, but I love that this has created a one world, um, just opened up the world to, you know, we don't have borders on Zoom. Right, exactly. So I love that. Yes. So has the, the, both the teaching and especially the Sigma relationship, is that where some of your photographing dancers um, kind of came from or so tell me a little bit or tell the audience a little bit about your work with dancers and and maybe where that started um well it started when uh you know so over a period of time as you know in any career in any business you're constantly reinventing yourself um, you have to, you have to grow in order to keep that business going. And for me, because I was aging out of being able to run after kids, mm -hmm. um, I 
saw myself at a place in my business where once again, I needed to reinvent myself. Plus I had moved. I'd left my business in California and came to Atlanta uh, to be with my husband. And it was like starting all over again. So with Sigma, they had hired me because of the fact that I photographed children. And for the first couple of years of my sponsorship, I stayed with that, but I started progressing to more commercial, editorial, fashion kind of imagery because I was constantly setting up my, my sessions. And what I learned, because as a natural light shooter, I had never really used studio lighting. I suddenly realized from a professional standpoint, commercially, lighting in a studio, especially with strobes, was much sharper. And that made my lens company much happier. Ah. So I, it, it naturally progressed for me into a passion project. And that's what I kept calling it. And I thought, okay, let's do dancers. Why not? Um, I've never been a dancer. Um, I never wanted to be a dancer, but I appreciate the passion that dancers have for what they do kind of matched what I do with my photography. So it was a good pairing mm -hmm. and it just grew from there. I mean, my life literally changed because I started to photograph dancers mm. and that's kind of how it progressed. And I saw what was happening and how people were seeing me in the industry and how I had always said, Lucy, I don't ever want to specialize. I want to be a generalized type of photographer who could do anything. Mm -hmm. And now here I am later in life realizing that this specialty has really changed my life in a way that I could never have even thought possible. So, so if you, and this is a question that I've never asked on a podcast, but I've been asked it. Uh, so if you could talk to your former self <laughs> about that, is there anything you would say to early Judy about specializing? You know, I'm going to say no. Um, I think that the way my career progressed was the way it was supposed to happen. I mean, I... Mm -hmm. I, I lived and marketed in a very affluent area that allowed me to grow a very successful business. And I believe all of that uh, was supposed to happen the way that it did. I love it. I you know, joined PPA. I joined all the photography groups. I did all the things I was supposed to do. I, I won awards. You know, I got degrees. I, I followed the path that I felt I was supposed to follow at that time and then as with I think any growth pattern I started to look um, in a different direction mm -hmm. I looked I looked at imagery that moved me and then I thought I, I want to do that that's exactly what I want to do mm -hmm. and so that's kind of what I did that's kind that. of the way that my path has been mm -hmm. I see it I want to do it I make it happen <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I love that about you. I sometimes wonder if I had chosen not to either be a wedding portrait photographer or not to uh, participate in the PPA, you know, national and local communities, right. what my work would be like now, or if it was digital when I started, because I think I think there's a lot more opportunity for individualization and people purchasing uh, photography <clears throat> that, you know, like some things, I don't know if you've had this, where you're like, wow, that would have been an outtake that I wouldn't have shown a client and yet they're showing it and, and the client purchased, you know, a huge wall portrait and it is amazing. Do you know what I'm talking about? That like things are looser now, I think, because of digital than when, when we um, started. I, I think, I, I, so my analogy is going to be kind of like fashion. It's cyclical. Mm -hmm. So like black and white, 
or hand-painted imagery. You know, it comes and goes mm -hmm. and it's cyclic and, and it goes into a, a, a circle pattern. And I think that's true of photography. Uh, same thing, because so much of our imagery and our influence is what we see in magazines mm -hmm. and or what we see on the internet. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the world has changed in that we want things right now. We take a picture, we have it, it's on our phone, it's digital, nobody prints, you know, whatever that pattern may be. Um, I think as an artist, you reach a level, at least I do anyway, um, where I say, look, this is me. This is what I do. This is how I do it. If you don't like it, that's okay. But I'm going to move past that. And mm -hmm. I'm going to stay true to my own passion. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't really care um, what anybody else is doing in that regard. I don't spend a lot of time in the past. I try to learn from it. Um, but uh, my journey right now is to continue to do what makes me feel good. I love that. And I just want to feel good about my work and I want others to feel good about it too. I love that. Now, one of the things I wanted people to um, get a sense of from this conversation, and I think you've been doing the bang up job at <laughs> illustrating this is that when we start our careers, if that's a choice, like I'm going to be a photographer, it, we maybe have a picture in, my, in our minds, but this career has so much different color, flavor, ideas, direction, unfoldment. You know, some people do the same thing for 50 years and love it. Uh, did you ever take the wall portrait conference with Ken Whitmeyer? No. That one of my big regrets is I didn't have a podcast when he was still mm. alive and his work, you know, the arc of career, his career is besides the incredible teaching, it was pretty consistent. And yet someone like you has, you, it's like a kaleidoscope of things that just keep unfolding and getting rich and interesting in a new way. Do you know what I'm oh, talking about? I love about? the way you said that. Yeah. <laughs> And that, that's what I love about the choice to be an artist who makes a living at it. Yes. Uh, is that, that there's, there's those constant opportunities to, as you said, reinvent ourselves right. and do that next thing that's going to make you happy to get up yeah. in the morning. Absolutely. <laughs> that's what, you know, we get one shot at this. It, it should be an enjoyment. Yes. Um, so I know that in your, um, in your work with dancers, it's now become, you're selling them. It's, yep. you're in galleries, you're in, in um, museums. museums and other places. And I think a lot of people start out thinking, that's what I'd like to do. So could we take a little time and just talk about the world of selling your work as fine art or at least your world? Yes, so the museum thing started with a book um, that I contributed some imagery to, I was asked to, and the gentleman that was writing the book um, is also um, someone that would, that buys and purchases and finds photography for several different museums. And so through my contact with him and his familiarity of my work, um, he would ask for imagery from me and primarily it's my portrait work and or my dancers. And then he would take it to various museums that he was working with to see if there was an interest. Mm. And so I have probably four, I'm probably in four or five different museums. And most of it is under the caption of digital art. Mm -hmm. So because of all the uh, graphics and textures and you know, that kind of artwork that I put into my imagery, um, I've kind of been, um, 
departmentalized into that world of digital art. Mm -hmm. And so that's how that happens. I will tell you quite honestly, there's not a lot of money to be made in that, but there, it, it looks really good on a resume. It looks great on my bio. And so that in itself gets me more work because um, it's almost like a certification, if you will, mm -hmm. that um, I can be collectible because I have a work in museums. You know, there are certain, certain indicators that we, um, as a general public, use to dictate, uh, gee, this person has got to be good and worth spending this money on because their work is in a museum. Mm -hmm. So this is where I say one thing always leads to another. Right. Uh, as far as selling my work, this is not something I really ever went after. It found me. So I, and this is where I say to people all the time, if you have a passion project, put it on your website, make sure you have all the right keywords so that people can find it. And so I had a designer in Las Vegas who worked for the MGM properties. She was looking for dancing imagery. And she had someone that, uh, somebody that worked for her that came to her, had you know purchased some images, stock images, that they were hoping that she would be able to use for this, for the Park Theater, which is where they hold, um, you know, all the, the music uh, concerts that they do. And she hated the images. So she went out onto the internet looking for specific dancing type of images. And somehow she found me and contacted me. She liked my work, she contacted me. And then it took about a year for all of this to happen, but they then purchased five, six, seven, I think nine of my images in 2017. Um, and we blew those images up to 10 feet. Wow. And so they used all of those images in the park theater uh, from a, for a permanent collection. I'm the only artist in there. Wow. So that was quite an honor and a nice big paycheck. Yes. So, you know, I, it's not something I went after. It wasn't something I was looking for, but I had put myself out there. So it's, am I lucky? Yes, but I believe you make your own luck. Mm -hmm. So I made it happen without really trying to, if that makes any sense at all. Yes, yes. And yes. so then again, you know, one thing leads to another. Now my work has been purchased. It's out there for people to see. Um, and so again, that makes me collectible. And since then I've done other things, uh, in Atlanta here, we have Atlanta loves photography and that's coming up next month, every October. And so I did a, a whole show, um, not last year, but right before COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so my name gets out there and then since then I'm, I'm selling pieces, but Again, it isn't something that I really went after. I'm not trying to make a living doing it. I am doing what I love. I'm following my own path. Um, and when I have people that want to purchase my, my imagery, I'm, yeah, let's do it. Let's talk. Okay. So that's kind of the, the world that I exist in at this point. So if someone did say, this is what I want to do. I want to sell my work as art. Do you have some tips just from your being in that world? I know one was, you know, like get your stuff findable, keywords, Instagram, all the, all the. Uh, and collection. The so the way the art world works is people like uh, a good 25 to 30 pieces that are very cohesive. That's what I say to any artist, you need to create um, a collection of work because when people like your work and may want to purchase it, they, if you want them to purchase more, you need to have more pieces or pieces that go together. So they're not just buying one, they're buying two, three, and four. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of different ways to go about that. I have elected not to become part of 
the commissioned world of galleries and and trying to get my work in there because one you need a you need to manage your imagery full time meaning there let's say you're in six or seven different uh, galleries there has to be somebody there managing uh, your imagery most galleries not all but most want very high commissions mm-hmm. so you know you might be selling your piece for thousands of dollars but that's not what you're going to get right so it really depends on you know how you want to go about doing that um I would do another gallery that's just my own. Mm. And I would invite, you know, because now I have uh, an email list. Um, I would invite people to come, but I would be selling them on my own. Mm-hmm. That, that's what I've learned. Um, but I'm later in life in my career. If I wanted to make a career as an artist just getting started, I I'm probably would look at that differently. Mm-hmm. But I think the virtual world is also a really good way to do that. And there is wonderful software out there that allows people to see large pieces of work and what it would look like in the home. Uh So that would be another way that I would go about doing it as well. It's a very expensive when you first get started um, if you're going to go out there because you have to print and frame. Mm -hmm. And it's not inexpensive to do that. So there's a lot of different ways to do that. But that's how I would get started in in the very beginning. I'd go virtual where Mm -hmm. I have less of an investment Mm. uh, and then start, you know, creating cohesive collections. Right. So do you know who Bodie Smith is? Have you run across his name? I have not. He does beautiful uh, nature. Um, He's been... Well, it's been on the show lately. He's been doing a lot of uh, nighttime and star, uh-huh, you know, star Milky trail. Way. Yeah. Uh, and he, he goes to art shows and photography shows and anything to get his work in front of people. And I think about right. how much effort <laughs> that is. And I think he's in some galleries um, and the people that follow him, you know, are like huge fans like his work is very beautiful but yeah I've I've seen people that do art shows and I think I just wouldn't have the energy to set it up talk to people all day and then tear it down and store it and do it again but some people love that so they do and we have the option of doing it virtually yeah we do not quite the same as having somebody stand in front of a 70 foot wide photograph on acrylic uh but um all of it all of it works and I haven't I've sold a couple of my personal pieces that people saw when I entered our local um county fair which was nice but Mm -hmm. yeah it my personal work has been more for me and I I love the fact that I can at least share it now yes It's, it's it's not just like Oh, I have a million um, slides stacked over in a corner somewhere, but (laughs) I even love that my iPad uh, creates little collections from things that end up in my photos program and says, hey, look at these 10 that we just put together. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) I love that. Many years ago, you had a program where you got to put gifts into goodie bags from was it the um what was golden globes golden globes and i think i'd love for people to hear a little briefly (laughs) about that to loosen up their thinking about some things you could do that I, i it would not surprise me if you tracked back people that you met and different things that that led to opportunities you may not even know where they came from anyway I know I'm like cart before the horse here but okay can you share briefly what that thing was and then if there were long-range effects that you know about oh and there were 
Yeah, very much so. So I lived, I said earlier that I lived and marketed in a very affluent area when I started my business with, you know, photographing children. And I was um, competing, so to speak, with two other really wonderful photographers. And I was trying to find a way to be different uh, than them. Right. <laughs> like quest in life. Mm -hmm. So I started thinking about some pretty bizarre things in my marketing. Uh, and again, you know, 20 years of corporate training, um, I was kind of trained to think outside the box. So I thought, you know, watching the Golden Globes one year and they were doing all these goodie bags. And I thought, you know, I, you know, these people have photographers all the time do articles about them and they're always being photographed for Vanity Fair or whatever, but nobody's, to the best of my knowledge, nobody was photographing their families in a really nice way. And so I thought, what if I came up with a way to get into the celebrity world photographing families, their families and their children, uh, at also as a way for then my clients to say, gee, my photographer photographed so-and-so. And so that would then help me charge more for my product. And it would, you know, kind of certify who I was as a photographer, because, you know, if I'm good enough for Pierce Brosnan, I must be good enough for them. So that was my mythology in, in wanting to do this. So I devised a box of photographs. They were four by fives in a gorgeous box. And I tied a ribbon around it and put a gift certificate into it for like $10,000. Because these people have more money than they know what to do with. So I took that presentation. I had the box made. I had the certificates all printed up. I mean, it was a beautiful presentation-wise. It was gorgeous. And I then started calling... Um, in Style Magazine and the Hollywood Foreign Press to find out how that process actually worked. And I found out that it's the Hollywood Foreign Press that makes the decision as to what goes into these goodie bags. And they liked the idea. And I was flabbergasted. I mm -hmm. thought, not in this world is this going to sell, but it did. So um, they liked the originality, not just of the presentation that I put together, but also the fact that I was basically saying to these, these uh, celebrities, you know, I, I'm a portrait photographer. This is what I do. I specialize in photographing people's families. And they loved the idea. And so um, they were able to sell it to InStyle. And so then my box got included for two years. Um, in the goodie bags for the Golden Globes. What happened was there were several A-list photographer uh, celebrities that loved the idea. So not only did the, for, the Hollywood Foreign Press like the idea and in style like the idea, but I actually had celebrities calling me. Wow. And Pierce Brosnan, uh, actually uh, his wife, uh, contacted me. And so for two years, I photographed his boys. Mm. Uh, and I photographed a lot of, uh, a lot of Jack Nicholson's daughter called me, William H. Macy's wife, Felicity Huffman called me. So I had quite a few of the celebrities love the idea um, and actually call me and I, I photographed their families. The beauty of it for me was being able to, so, no, I can't, I can't show the images. Uh, I could tell people what I was doing, but I couldn't actually share any of the imagery because I signed contracts with all of them that I would not share uh, the imagery. And of course I didn't because I wanted, I wanted to stay in good with all those people. Right. But I could tell my clients what I was doing and they loved it. So suddenly my prices increased and my, my, uh, my entire um, clientele, you know, they all chattered the small, it's a small little city that I lived in up there in Northern California. And so, yeah, it brought me a lot of business. And that was the goal. The goal wasn't to continue to photograph celebrities. I found them very difficult to work with mm -hmm. uh, as a whole. Some of them were extremely nice. Uh, but the idea was a marketing ploy to be able to one charge more for my work 
um, and to get me into the door where I was, you know, trailing behind these other photographers. Right. So you no doubt made some income selling. Uh, I did. More. I made many. But what I'm hearing is the the notoriety, the people being realizing, oh, this isn't just my neighbor who right. shoots photos. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, this I is a celebrity know. photographer that is available to photograph my family. Correct. And and to this day, Lucy, it you know, when people read my bio, you know, a lot of them ask that question. So the long-term effect um, is it's ongoing. Do you think that some of the opportunities um, like Sigma, and I know there was a software company, I can't remember the name of the company. Oh, graphic authority graphic authority do, do you think there were some opportunities because of that that came oh, out absolutely graphic authority put me on tour for four or five years uh teaching other photographers how to use graphics and textures in their work so yes i mean everything that i did contributed to you know branding my name and, you know, even though we exist in our little bubbles, like we all do, I, you know, I, I'm constantly being told that I actually do have a brand. So I, I love that. Mm -hmm. I, I absolutely love that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think intuitively I did a lot of things, not, not realizing the long-term effect that it would have um, on my career but again, everything I did was based on, uh, on, a, on a market. I had a marketing plan and a business plan. I mean, that's 20 years of, you know, being in the corporate world and it all just came together. Mm. And from one of those ideas, I don't know if you got it in the shower or if you dreamed it or, <laughs> you know, sometimes I've had those ideas in the weirdest places and times, but you followed your own gut of like huh why not what have I got huh. to lose and What's then the what I say somebody can say to me is no right right and just for people that might think you got paid ten thousand dollars a box to be in it that's not what happens with these goodie bags for the presenters no it all no, came out they, of your they get it they get it for free right and so each box cost you maybe fifty hundred dollars to be. Yeah, I'm going to say about a hundred dollars. And I did. There were twenty five presenters. So that's so I twenty five hundred dollars. So yeah, yeah, that's a big like. When people are like, oh, I can't afford to do that. Well, think about what. Oh, over I two got years. a back with one client. Yeah, yeah. So taking 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 some of those financial and creative yes. risks. And yeah. even if something's a big bomb, we always learn from everything we do, right? We, we do, but I'm going to, not but, and I will say that that small $2,500 investment, had I looked at it that way, which I didn't, I probably wouldn't have done it. Mm. But that's not why I was doing it. I was doing it to create an illusion, which is what we do. We create illusions in our work. We create illusions when we build a brand. And that was all part of the illusion, you know, mm. that is Judy Host. And right. that's what I was investing in. So for me, it's the long term. It, it was not the short term. The $2,500 could have I used it someplace else in my business? Of course. But if you're looking at the long term, which is, you know, what I was doing, uh, it's nothing. Yeah, I just, I just love it. And I love you have this creative brain that just keeps on going and going and going <laughs> and courage. I think so. Where do you get your courage from to do new things and to step out? I, I have no fear. I, I call it sometimes stupidity. Uh. Um, I think I had a wonderful, and I'm still very good friends with uh, uh, my boss towards the last five years of my corporate world training. And he really taught me that, you know, and I'm in a man's world, 
he really taught me that I could do whatever I set my mind to mm. and he would support it. And, and he did. And I got that crap beat out of me on a daily basis. And I survived that because I believed I was doing the right thing. Mm. I really did believe that. And I still do. And, and I guess that's where that comes from. Right. And you had people around you that encouraged you. Absolutely. And, um, and still yeah. do. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Judy, I'm so happy you said yes to being on well, thank you. Thank you for the invitation. It's it's sure. always so fun to talk about this stuff. Yes. So maybe I need to ask Eddie Tap, her husband, if he would like to be on the show, and it would be an entirely different conversation. <laughs> yes, because <it would. laughs> he's the the first time I saw Eddie speak, and this was before you were together. He was talking about digital photography and. You know, that was still in that resistance phase. No, no, no. And then he showed some black and white prints and I was gobsmacked. I love that word. Bob. Yes, that's a wonderful word. <laughs> With the tones that he was getting from digital photography. And uh, yeah, oh, yeah. He's, a, he's a great teacher and a great guy too. So you guys make such a fun team. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> so. We think so too. I never found my Eddie, but that's okay. There's enough of, there's enough of me inside my own head. There you go. <laughs> all righty. Well, so all you amazing listeners from 77 countries and maybe more, um, I know that you've loved uh, hearing this conversation with Judy. And I want to remind you to stay tuned. I'm going to do um, my little quick wrap up. Um, after we bid Judy a fond adieu. So two quick questions. Okay. Um, if Because I know you, you teach workshops. People want to, so briefly, do you have something coming up and how would people get uh, notified of what you have coming up? Um, I do. Um, I, have a, I have a class, a workshop that I'm doing here in Atlanta. It's a small kind of private workshop um, and I have, and that's all on ballet, by the way. And then I have, there's a conference now that has started. It's called Pas de Deux. And they went live right before COVID. And now they're going to do another one um, next year in February. Again, all ballet. There's a whole community of ballet photographers out there. Um, I can be reached at judyhost.com. That's my website. I can be reached at judyhost at mac.com. That's my email. And anybody that's interested in anything that I do, if you would reach out to me, I mean, I'm building my email list based on people that want to hear from me, uh, not so much trying to solicit people to listen to me. Hopefully that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a very small list, but I'm happy to share anything that I'm doing um, I'm easy to find. I'm good at returning uh, emails. Um, you can find me. I'm judy.host on Instagram and judyhost on Facebook. Awesome. So the last question, is there something either you feel like, oh, I wish I had shared about this, or do you have like a last word that you, not word, word, but a last parting something that you'd like us to take away from this conversation? You know, this is what I say in all of my classes. Um, if you have a passion for photography, do it. Don't wait. But you have to have a passion for it. It has to be in your head 24-7 if you really want to make it work. And that's true in any business that you want to start. But if this is your passion, um, I want to encourage you to do that, to be inspired that it is possible because it is possible. Uh, to my friends that are already in business and photography, if you have a passion project, do that. Mm. I can't even begin to say how grateful I am that I followed my passion into ballet photography. Mm -hmm. It has brought me such joy. And things that I could not possibly have even known were available to me because I did it. 
Mm. So I want to encourage all of my peers to go for it. Perfect. Perfect. I love it. Well, thank you, Judy. And I can't wait till we can actually hug. (laughs) Again, we will be able to do well. Are you going to the PPA convention in? I am not going, um, but Eddie will be there. Eddie's teaching. So I'll have to pass on a virtual hug that he shares. Absolutely. Okay, Judy. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You are so welcome. I just love that I get to ask people that I know to have a conversation with me and I get to uh, dig deep into things that I maybe wouldn't ask them if we're just out having lunch together or, or coffee or going for a walk. Um, You know, I love to dig in and Judy did not disappoint (laughs) for me. Um, I have so many notes. Let's see if I can do a quick summary. Well, she started photographing children because she loved children when she was in high school. Um, She went into the corporate world and that taught her uh, how to run a business. And also she loves to teach. So she started teaching almost as soon as she had something to teach someone else because she's been in business 27 years. And I know I saw her program 25 years ago and it was mind blowing because it's her nature. So I love that she, um, I'm sure she would encourage people to take that leap if you're called to share. I'm, you know, it's always my nature if I learn something to go find somebody and share it with them. I'm sure if you've listened to this a while, you can get that. Um, she she took it to bigger levels than some people do while running her business. And um, we talked about how by teaching, she got extra energy and excitement and inspiration and had that continual rebirth of her creativity because of the environment of a teaching world. And something I've watched over the years in her career is how she's kept reinventing herself and growing and not um, either getting stuck or thinking things aren't like they were, so now I can't be successful. She's, she just makes those opportunities. So I encourage you all to keep it like, a, I said, a kaleidoscope or a lotus flower is the same where the petals keep opening and opening and opening. And then we talked about how things unfolded to a point where she started photographing ballet dancers and using her, um, her skills as a photographer. And then uh, she does some beautiful things. If you go to her website and Instagram, where she combines uh, digital artistry with the the posing and lighting and backgrounds. And we talked a little about selling our work and how um, it's important to be visible. That I love this. It's important if you want to be a fine art photographer, create collections, a cohesive body of work. Um, Getting in galleries is an option. She says it can be a challenge. but it's definitely uh, something that's out there that photographers get in galleries, or if she was going to do something, she would have her own gallery. Um, And she really strongly suggests that promoting our fine art work in the virtual world is a great way to get out there. Um, And then she shared the story of the Golden Globes and how this crazy big idea Well, it did make her some money, specifically photographing celebrities who received a gift box from their Golden Globe uh, goodie bag. More than that, it gave her notoriety that she'd photograph these celebrities. So um, it's so fun to get to sit with 
friends of mine. And so Judy, if you're listening to this last part, I just love you to death. Well, I love you to life <laughs> and everyone out listening. I love you too. So uh, hope someday our paths will cross. Hope you'll post what you like about this show on the Profitable Photographer private group and like my page and all that good stuff. So that's it for now. Bye. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.